podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Good evening, Liverpool. I'm Neil Atkinson. I've got John Gibbons, Dave Seeger and Adam Smith with me. And John, I'm desperate to watch the Reds. <laughs> well, you're gonna, I mean, you're going to get a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, I, I wrote something for, for, for Paddy Power today about, you know, 13 times between now and New Year's Day is it that we get to watch the Reds That's, we get to uh, watch the Reds 13 you know, times 13, 13 opportunities for, um, for Mo Salah to score off their corner <laughs> uh, 13 times to shout to Simon Maganley and uh, 13 times for Jürgen Klopp not to pick Andy Robinson so <laughs> you know I reckon all all 13 of them are likely to happen <laughs> all three of those things are likely to happen 13 times I'm sure I'll be sick of the Reds by game 7 of this run <laughs> but on game 1 I'm absolutely desperate Dave to watch the Reds you know they're, they're going to be running around on grass wearing red kits kicking the ball to each other hopefully I've, I wish I had more for you. They only pay five pounds a month for this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I feel quite selfish when uh, when the manager talks about, oh god, we've got so many games on. It's going to be so, uh, so too many. It's going to be so tiring. And yeah, I'm just thinking, oh yeah, I bet it is. But I get to watch lots of Liverpool. I'm, I'm yeah. quite happy about that fact, to be honest. Even if they're really, really tired, I get to, I get to watch loads of them. Just change them over. It's fine. I just get to keep watching. I, I mean, I've, I've got a limited sympathy for him. You know what I mean? I mean, he's not drinking for like six, seven hours after. <laughs> no, exactly. Before. I mean, what, what about us, Jürgen? Do you know what I mean? Well, what no, about the wreck? I'm going to be a New Year's Day. <laughs> what will nobody what think of the podcasters? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's fair to say, John, we've been in intensive training for this uh, for, for about 17 years yeah, now. I probably, I probably won't pull a muscle, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. But it's, it, it, it is going to be rigorous. Yeah, our show schedule. <laughs> No, no rotation um, Adam it, it, it's the one thing I would say is that off the break that we've just had maybe one of the reasons why I'm desperate to watch them but it's that that West Ham win and the, the games that preceded it didn't half make it feel like it, it felt like a well-timed international break you don't often say that it also just felt like a real after Arsenal you were like the 4-0 you were thinking desperate to play again it's a nightmare we can't play again straight away after West Ham it was a bit like right that's great we consolidate we'll take this we can all relax we can have a lovely couple of weeks and then we'll be ready for it again do you know what I mean it was a little bit different it's the big push now isn't it that's what it feels like it, the funny thing is it, it in his press conference this afternoon Klopp talked about we, it doesn't feel like he can get any it's just quite stilted the season's being quite stilted because there's a you get going then there's an international break you get going there's an injury you get going there's another international break so it feels like this season hasn't really kicked in yet but we've played 11 games which is a bit mad so it's quite exciting now to think right well yeah there's loads of games loads of drinking to be done between now and New Year, which isn't helped by the fact that we'd all be doing loads of drinking between now and New Year anyway. So it's just more excuses to do it. Um, but actually, we'll get into the rhythm of things and we'll, and we'll be able to watch, hopefully, some players come back. We'll, we'll all remember why we talk about Adam Lallana being the, the main reason for the press. We'll all remember why Sadio Mane's faster than Roadrunner. You know, all of those sorts of things are, are, are exciting little moments now. They are. I mean, the international break, Dave. It's uh, first of all, Joe Gomez has become sort of the breakout story in terms of the fact that he's played. He played at centre back, albeit right side, at centre back for England. Yeah, but even that sort of again sort of gives everyone a little bit of a boost. Becomes part of the story, as Adam's saying. That there's the decline, knock-on effect, which might be why we don't get to see him at centre back just yet. But it's it's it it he sort of ended up coming out of this international break feeling like a bit of a big win himself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when he. Came on against Germany, which was obviously forced with the the Phil Jones injury. He looked to, to me, to be honest, in that game, he looked a bit nervous. Like he was really trying to make sure he wasn't making any mistakes, making simple passes. A couple of mistakes in that, but he thought, well, yes, his debut, understandable. And, but then when he was named to start against Brazil, I was quite nervous. I thought, oh god, he, you know, he was he looked quite iffy in the Germany game, and now he's up against Neymar uh, and, and Jesus, and he was superb, absolutely unbelievable um, in that game. But Matt, rightly man of the match. 
uh, but then comes out of it with the huge push behind him of saying, isn't Joe Gomez brilliant? Should he be playing for Liverpool at centre-back? And I know the manager said today that he, he'd like him to, uh, and he, he initially see, uh, essentially sees himself, um, he always sees Gomez as a centre-back. But obviously the difference being that we play a two rather than a three, and I think he was largely helped by being in a three uh, in that situation. But it's all good experience for him. And for him to come out with that huge confidence boost, I think can only only help him. Yeah, we interviewed him in the summer uh, over in Hong Kong. And he was, I mean, first of all, he's massive. Like, he's he's so big and he's bulked up. But he was saying he very much sees himself as a centre-half. You know, that's where he wants to play. And he doesn't feel like he's too young. And, you know, very, very confident kind of young man. And I think think the the, the decline thing, though, is, is, is maybe why he won't be. Because not just... Because I think you can't just have Trent there, and I think if he plays a centre half and he does well, then you know you've got you've sort of got a centre half partnership there that he won't necessarily want to mess with. And I think that then it is just Trent, and it's it's a lot of games. So I think he's thinking, you know, he's he's almost maybe a bit of a victim of of his success in in some ways because he almost can't have the odd game at centre half now because what if he's brilliant? (laughs) And then then that's kind of an issue really. So I think at least until the new year he's going to keep him at right back and keep rotating between the two and then then might be the time where we have a little look at it. It's also the number of games as well, John, you know, from from the point of view of Trent and Trent's development, you know, you've you've been watching him now for a couple of years, what you wouldn't, even if Trent was playing perfectly well at right back. It's just too many games. It's just too many games. You've got to want to have two options there and that, that does sort of make that one happened. The other big win, uh, Adam, is that a lot of ours have been around all week and often we don't get that luxury. And, and top sides in general don't. And there's a reason why top internationals play for top sides. It's it, it's normally the cost of doing business at that level, if you know what I mean, is that you lose them for this break. Whereas we have had a fair few who've, who've, who've either come home early or been, been knocking around for the duration this week. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, for me now, and Coutinho must be delighted they're not having to come up with conversation on a private airplane again for uh, <laughs> like the seventh time in a month or whatever. Play masterminds. Yeah, exactly. I would have liked him to have done that anyway. Just take a private airplane. The only way we fly now. <laughs> but yeah, so they're, they're, it's good that, you know, Brazil were kind enough to just play in London, so they were probably back the same night, Didn't probably didn't fly. Um, and and it, yeah, it's, look, this is a manager who we've said in the past is is very much about his work on the training pitch and, and working with the, the lads that he's got. So having them available and not having to squeeze them into you know the last day of play or whatever. I think he I think he said only Salah's the one that's come back sort of today uh, is the latest one back. So everybody else he's been working with, and you know it, for once when he's been working with Moreno on the training pitch, it, it hasn't just been because he's been trying to entertain him by throwing a tennis ball around. He's actually been doing some work with him because he's back in the team, which is good. It is what all this equals, John. Is I sort of reckon that Saturday. It, I, and you know it's a strange thing to be quite excited about but on Saturday we may well have the strongest bench we've had this decade I mean literally this decade in terms of the quality of football is on there I was I had, to, I, I had 10 minutes quality time to myself today trying to think through season by season and that is it's funny it, how you can do that because it's sort of your job yeah it is yeah it's quite nice uh, it takes the pressure off um, but it, you know it's I think it's this decade it might even be since 2002 and that yeah, that's a little bit of, you know, to be fair to everybody at the club, because we're often not fair or we're often very critical more accurately of, of people at the club. To be fair to everyone at the club, that's quite the achievement, the idea that, that there's going to be lads who don't make the bench yeah. on Saturday who you'd actually have been all right with starting this sort of game. Yeah, and that's right. And I think that's why, I mean, jokes aside from before, I don't think we should be moaning about too many games because I think... This this is what we did it for, and this is what we got the really good squad for. And I think, look, we're in a much better position than the likes of Huddersfield and Burnley, who can't rotate. We could, you know, we could all pick a different team now, and we probably maybe will at the end of the game. And you'd be 
confidence of all of them beating Southampton and there could be, you know, differences all, all over the place really and and look we're going to pick up one or two injuries between now and Christmas but hopefully it just is one or two and, and if it is then you know we're going to be able to rotate we're going to be able to keep people fresh we're going to be able to use players and and whatever team we put out are, are going to be exciting ones it is fantastic to have Adam Lallana back and you know we, we haven't really had the the, the, the forward of Coutinho, Salah, Mane, Firmino we, have, we haven't really seen, been able to see that yet I think we might on Saturday and, and how exciting is that you know I mean and, and so it is it is a good period and then know whether it's just because I haven't seen it for a couple of weeks so they haven't been able to do me head in but I'm like I'm like chomping champing at the bit is, is the correct phrase uh, I learnt uh, this month every day's a school day um, champing at the bit to kind of to, to watch all these exciting players you know and, and good players as you say aren't going to be able to get on the bench Dave you've written the, the book that you wrote on Klopp in his first two seasons at Liverpool and what's, yeah. one of the things that strikes me is that there's been a period there's been periods within there where Liverpool haven't had such good results but you're always able to say well there's a mitigating factor there's, there's, there's there is partially the number of games there's the thin squad there's not enough time on the training pitch he's only just inherited this squad etc etc this run of games now looking at the injury situation or the lack of it, at least as we start this run. And now it does become about managing the players. They're actually, for the players, for the manager, for everyone at the club, there's not a ton of excuses. Is that there's not much you can hide behind. Yes, we could be, be unlucky with a referee indecision. Yes, we could be unlucky and suddenly get a sudden spate of injuries because that happens. But broadly speaking, we're going into this in about the best health you could have hoped for with, the, with, with, with a fair win behind us of three victories. Yeah, it's as you say. In, in the first two seasons, there were there were is at least one point in both seasons where it was actually critical, like the the amount of injuries we had, yeah. uh, certainly to key players, and in both instances, it did affect our form and and carried us away from uh, where we wanted to be. But that now, as you say, now we've got so many players back with these games coming up. The worry, of course, is that we almost get too carried away by it and within two or three of these games in a week and a half we could have another four or five injuries from nowhere and be in a that, that situation again but as things stand at the moment the strength of the squad the, the 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 way these players are able to even change positions change roles yeah i think Klopp's, Klopp's never going to have felt so rich in terms of what he has to Mil- choose Milner and Oxley chamberlain for instance, both yeah, sort of yeah. asserting themselves to some degree in different parts of the pitch, all that sort of stuff, Dave. That he, 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 He's never had riches like this to select from. No, especially as Milner's a perfect example. I think even in the last few weeks, he's already played two separate midfield roles, played them both fairly well. Um, but he's been utilised in that, even when maybe he hasn't had to be. But Klopp's been looking at it to see, right, I've got all these options, but... Have I got even more? You start this, Adam, by discussing the fact that it's been, it has been a funny start to the season. I think on a number of different shows, I've been every now and again saying it still feels a bit pre-season-y. It still feels a bit pre-season-y. And, and, and that, that's not just for Liverpool. I think that's for a lot of sides up and down the country, maybe even up to Manchester United, to be honest with you. It's, but the, in that, therefore, this is what the preparation's been about. This is what this this run is what the work's been for. And we've managed to hit it at a time when, as I say, I, think, I actually think we've got the fewest injuries now to important players of any of the top six. We at least start this run of games in that nick. We almost certainly won't end it in that situation because, you know, that it, it's a bit of a roll of the dice. But that's how we start it. And that's why this is now exciting and why it's a real opportunity. It is. I think the just to be slightly negative on top of your positivity there, I, I think the, the biggest opportunity is for the defence, because the problems that have existed there, the only injuries decline. And 
Yes. The, the, you know, the, so the problems that we've had have been with four out of our five first choice people at the back, including the goalkeeper. Very much so. And so they've got a chance here. They've got, uh, you know, a number of games with, with Matt, I think, is it three clean sheets in our last five? They've got a chance here to kind of go, right, we're going to be playing together, you know, whatever the mix up is. We're going to be playing together quite regularly now, so this is an opportunity. We've got 370 games before January the first. We've got a chance to get a bit of you know bit of consistency up between us, and and that is what I'm most. Uh, I'm not going to say excited about watching, but that's the, what I'm you know most looking forward to seeing if they can do it, and if they and if they can, it, it takes the pressure off a little bit on going into the January transfer window, maybe. Okay, this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk, made up to be with you this Friday night before Liverpool play against Southampton. Just want to discuss what we do at the Anfield Wrap. You've got all these games coming up absolutely thick and fast, and we preview every Liverpool game, and we take a look back at every Liverpool game with a post-match show, with a free show, uh, and also with our review show. Uh, we preview them two or three times as well at times. You don't have to listen to it all, uh, but if you would what, like to come and listen to some of it, there isn't a test at the end, like I say, but we think it's the perfect companion for any Liverpool supporter. So if you go to the anfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe to come and enjoy this journey with us, plus all the times we do jokes and we do history shows and we mess about and then we do serious stuff around grassroots football, all of that. We shift gears all over the place, but with a perfect companion for you if you are a Liverpool supporter in the run-up to Christmas. Uh, this is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. After the break, I'm going to be chatting away to Heather Carroll about Liverpool ladies. Uh, don't go anywhere. Welcome back, Radio City Talk, Neil Atkinson, and really good to be joined by Heather Carroll to update us on the progress of Liverpool ladies and the overall story of the season. Uh, Heather, appears to be that Liverpool realistically are going to be locked in a battle for third. Uh, they're up against Arsenal and Reading. Realistically, a side could come with a run, but it looks like one of those three sides will end up finishing in third place with Man City and Chelsea over the hill. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair to say. We've had a couple of good games uh, in the league. We've obviously beat Sunderland 4-1 a few weeks ago, who are now below us in the table. Um, previously, they were they were above us, so now we've jumped, we've leapfrogged them into third place, fourth place now, I think we're in fourth now. Yeah. Um, and we also obviously beat Birmingham at the weekend 1-0. And the, I mean, it's it's important to put into the context. These are good results in terms of making clear there is a gap. I mean, the four-one against Sunderland's a really impressive performance, but making clear mm. there is a gap between Liverpool and between um, Sunderland and Birmingham. That's the gap that's opened up. That's where there's now you know where that they're left sort of in in mid-table, uh, and it's Liverpool who are looking to push on. Yeah, certainly. Like Liverpool, look, you know, we're only four points now behind Chelsea in second, um, who beat us narrowly a few weeks ago as well. So. I know we've spoke before on the show about there being almost two leagues in the league within the league itself and we are now certainly looking to push into that top half of the table. Um, let's talk about the, the positive results then since we last spoke. There was a comfortable to go right the way back to the start of October. 6-0 win in the, in the Cup against Sheffield. Yeah, good uh, fun. <laughs> everyone got to a lovely time, I'm sure, yes? <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great game to watch. You know, it was good because I think we just come back from the back-to-back defeats. You know, the Redden game, I think, was a bit of a shock. Um, and then the Chelsea game, you know, wasn't actually too disappointed with the Chelsea game getting beat 1-0 after the previous few results. You know, we'd been beat 7-0, 6-3 and 4-0 by them. So to get beat 1-0 almost felt like a victory. Um, but then to go into the Sheffield game and to score six goals, uh, it was just it was just great to see the goals flying in. And we've seen three players obviously get their first goal for Liverpool as well. Beth England scored their first goal uh, for the club, Sophie Ingle and Ali Johnson, the young player. She, she came on and made a really good cameo, 30 minutes and got a great goal. Um, in then the other cup game that Liverpool have played in the meantime uh, was the one that came up against uh, Durham <laughs> uh, which in the end got itself sort of settled on penalties after a nil-nil where 
it, from reading your match reports on it, Durham, just uh, the attitude they had was that Liverpool were just not going to get past. They had no interest in even coming out to their own final third, let alone no. their own half. No, it was uh, it was pretty ridiculous at times. I mean, when you stood there watching it, everyone was literally, apart from Siobhan Chamberlain, in the Durham half. Um, they literally parked everyone in the 18-yard box, um, which made us have to shoot from outside the box. And then the ball was just ricocheting all over the place. Um, there was no way we were getting past them in normal time. Um but maybe that's something that we need to work on is you know, is breaking down these teams that will shut up shop against us. Well, it's something which... The, the big thing that I'm taking from this season so far, reading your reports and watching the results from afar, is last season you were talking about the Liverpool side and that was really free scoring mm-hmm. at times. That was really able to cut loose against sides. You know, that, that got some unlikely results, some really high scoring thrillers, all of that sort of stuff. Whereas this season, it appears that that's been a bit harder. They've only scored seven league goals in total. Yeah. It appears uh, four of them come in one match, which we'll come on to talk about in a second. But it does appear that there's either Liverpool have become a little bit more conservative or that mm-hmm. opposition sides have actually decided to treat Liverpool as they would do one of the top three or four sides and just sort of have the attitude of, well, we get what we can against them. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. And also, I think the sides that we've played so far, you know, we've notoriously not really scored against loads of goals against these, apart from Sunderland, who we always seem to score four against. Um, but no, we've played Birmingham, you know, we, we beat 1-0. Um, and it very much was, we got that one chance and put it away. Um, it was a great goal. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, it was a fantastic goal. Yeah. Great finish by Neve Charles. And, you know, the, the other league game was the Everton one where we won 2-0. So in the other games we haven't scored so we didn't score against Chelsea which we didn't do last season anyway yeah. and then we didn't score against Redden which you know I think was very much uh, at the time it seemed like a heavy result being 3-0 by them but since then Redden have actually been drawn with Chelsea who yeah. no one has previously taken points off so um, Redden obviously have come on leaps and bounds this season I think they've invested a lot in the team and I think they're going to be putting favour Farrah Williams in for instance Farrah Williams for instance yeah she scored another halfway goal halfway line goal Um against their old club, Arsenal, Yeah. That the, last weekend. Uh, There's another great goal. You know, we've seen that before, obviously, for Liverpool. Um, but she's made such a difference since she's coming to the Redden team. And I think she looks like almost a fan of Williams that we've seen when she first came to Liverpool, whereas Arsenal, she kind of stalled a little bit. Uh, the great result then against Sunderland, where you say we always score four. Yeah. It's, it's worth pointing out Liverpool go 1-0 down in the game. There, so yeah. it, it, isn't, it wasn't a walk in the park for them. It wasn't one of those where you get 3-0 up and then you go from there. They had to, they had to come back from behind, but they came back immediately. Uh, Sunderland got, got the goal yeah. and Liverpool just went up the other end um, and, and, and stuck it in the back of the net to equalise. Yeah, it was straight from the restart. Uh, we just basically hit it long towards Tash Harden and she just slotted it in the back of the net. But no, we went, we went behind. It was actually Lucy Staniforth who scored against us and it was a great goal as well. Um, but worth noting that the conditions in that game were awful. The wind was just so strong. Every time Siobhan Chamberlain took a goal kick, it was going out by this 18-yard box. Um, so I think we did really well in the second half to actually push on and get the goals. So was it the sort of performance where Liverpool had to just hang on in first half and then knew they'd have the win to the back second half and could, and could kick on from there? Yeah, I think as well it makes a difference. Um, Sunderland have obviously reverted to being a part-time outfit again this year. So I think they tired in the second half, running against the wind. Um I think we won the toss in the first half so that we got to decide which way we were playing. Yeah. And I think that helped us massively as well. I think they ran out of steam a little bit in the second half, which showed with the two late goals that we got to, to shore up the win. But it's also worth praising Natasha Harden, obviously, you know, a hat-trick on the night. Um, very much the symbol of Liverpool moving through the gears against yeah. Sunderland. You know, she, she 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 makes it three and then four after she claims that equaliser. Yeah. And she's coming into her own more and more this campaign. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen glimpses of it in the spring series where she really, you know, hits her stride and then, you know, it's always great to see a centre-forward walk away with the match ball, isn't it, after the game? But, um, no, they were, they were three good goals, you know, and they were real poachers' efforts as well. You know, she was, like, sort of playing on, like, the, the shoulder of the last defender and... Um, 
she just I don't know she was I thought she was just fantastic both her movement and the game was brilliant and she just really I did just Sunderland just didn't know what to do with her on that, you know, again, is is replacing the uh, the players who've left over the summer and all of that sort of stuff. Who is who else is stepping up? Who else is impressing so far? I think uh, Alex Greenwood has been having a fantastic season at left back. She's really providing a great outlet for us in the spring season. I think she provided something like six assists, and she's just carrying on um, in the in the season proper. Um, she scored straight from a corner against Sunderland as well. She scored the fourth goal in the in the game against Sunderland. So. I just think she's been fantastic for us. I think it makes a difference as well. We've actually got strength in depth this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've seen in games like the Chelsea game and the Birmingham game, we've been able to change it up a little bit and bring Kate Longhurst on for Caroline Weir um, in the starting lineup. It just gives you a bit more uh, steadiness in the midfield. Um, and I think last season we were probably lacking that in games. We, we very much had the same starting 11 for every game. Whereas this year we can change it up a little bit. We've also got Martha Harris back, which has made a massive difference. Um we obviously had Satara Money missed the last game against Birmingham due to injury, but straight away we had another right back to come back in and slot in uh, seamlessly, and she did a fantastic job. Uh, that one, uh, Liverpool just won one nil, hard fought again. Mm-hmm. Um, where you know Birmingham are infamously a tough side in the league, have been for years, and that they're always very well organised. They always scrap for everything. It was uh, you know afterwards, uh, Gemma Bonner was very much talking about the character that was shown, and that does appear to be a bit of a running theme through the season so far. Is that Liverpool? They're having to fight for absolutely everything that they get. Nothing is being is straightforward, is easy for them. Every single game in this in this league this season appears to be really hardly hard fought or Liverpool have to show patience or both yeah and you talk about like the lack of goals that we're scoring but we're also not really conceding as many yeah um, we've only conceded five only conceded five yeah and three of them came in one game Joe which was like I said earlier and it was an anomaly hopefully of a result but I think you're starting to see a bit of steadiness now on the back line obviously we've got Gemma Bonner Casey Stoney there in centre defence and Gemma Bonner's doing an excellent job so far this season and I think the difference of having Alex Greenwood there um, all the time is making a massive difference obviously she missed the end of the spring season which is when we started yep. to start losing a few games at the end of the spring series and then um, Satara Murray and Martha Harris are providing cover at right back uh, We're recording this before they, they have the, the cup game against Villa uh, at home in the, um, in the in the Challenge Cup and then there is another break um, where everyone gets to recharge a little bit and then and get prepared for what comes next it does seem like the the two that follow really the 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 break are going to be are going to be huge, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know, Sunderland away and Arsenal away are the two that sort of that come where it's certainly one way. You know, with with one eye on the idea of finishing ahead of Arsenal, Liverpool won't want to drop any won't want to won't want to lose ground. A draw at Arsenal would be a good result. A win would obviously be fantastic. Yeah, and always away at Arsenal, we always seem to do well. It's at home that we we don't really do too well against Arsenal, but um, no, I'm looking forward to that game. I think it'll be a good test to see where we actually are. In, in terms of the league and Arsenal are obviously without a manager at the moment they sacked their manager um, or well we left sorry through um, mutual agreement about a month ago so um, I don't know if they've, if they've got a manager to step into place yet but they haven't so far so it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how we go up against Arsenal they obviously haven't had very good results so far um, and basically, if people can get down, obviously in general, keep an eye on the games. Uh, there's tons of opp- there's more and more not tons but there's more and more opportunity now to do so as well. Will the Arsenal game be televised? Do you think? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. Okay, we, when we find that out, we'll confirm that for you. Uh, and then straight after Christmas, on the 6th of uh, January, Liverpool have got Yeovil at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the 27th of January, they've got Bristol City at home. Both of those are half-five kickoffs. If you are thinking of trying to get down to a game, that's the best time to go ahead and do so. As ever, thanks to Heather. Who's your, who's, who's your player of the match from those those three games, league games that we've discussed? I think it's, it's hard to look past Tash Harden with the hat-trick, but I'll have to go for Alex Greenwood as well. I just think that she's she's just been fantastic for us so far this season. And... Um, it's hard to look past there. 
Okay, uh, huge thanks as ever uh, to Heather for coming in. Uh, this is the Anfield Rap and Radio City Talk. After the break, we will be psyched up to have a big conversation about Southampton. Welcome back to the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. We're going to be chatting about a piece Sam Maguire's written this week in a minute or two. But before then, uh, we're, all, well, we're also going to talk about Liverpool versus Southampton, obviously. But before then, I just want to give a mention to a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is with reference to Danny Gordon, who's the brother of Anne Williams, whose son Kevin tragically died at Hillsborough. Uh, Anne, shortly before she died, asked Danny to try to get a memorial to the survivors who provided so much help to those who died and those who survived. And uh, Danny has managed that. Uh, the will Mersey, Tra- Mersey Travel are putting up a plaque to survivors in Central Station, and the ceremony will be at 2 p.m. on the 26th of November. Uh, I got in touch with Danny this week about um, what uh, what's happening on the 26th of November, and he sent over this. He said that whilst there have been many wonderful tributes to our lost loved ones and their families, to which we are very grateful, we, the family of the late Anne Williams, and many other families would like to pay tribute to those who survived and came home from that very dark day in 1989. It was Anne's wish to pay tribute and to recognise the suffering and the trauma the disaster caused. Not only the suffering, the mental and physical effect of the disaster, but then having to put up with the tirade of lies printed by some media outlets. At the moment, our legal team is working on the Hillsborough law, hoping to get the bill passed in Parliament to make it a criminal offence to tell lies. I call upon people, especially MPs and anybody with any influence, to sign the petition so that families and survivors don't go through what we've been through in the future. He goes on to say that this tribute is not intended to undermine the great help and support many have given our survivors over the years. It is just to say thank you and to recognise the efforts many of you have made to save lives, organising yourself and making the majority of professionals look like amateurs. Without your efforts, many more lives could have been lost. And to those who gave evidence to the inquest reliving that terrible day to get help get the result we did, it was a total vindication of any wrongdoing. 14-0. I would like to thank everyone who has carried, helped me carry out Anne's wishes, especially the families who welcomed me with open arms and supported me when I've stepped in to represent Anne. And he also would like to thank the Mersey Travel Directors, Mersey Travel's Managing Director, uh, Jan Chaudry van der Veld, uh, the Commercial Director, David O'Leary, and all the other Mersey Rail team and directors. And a special thank you to the Area Station Manager, Nicky Murphy, who've made all this possible uh, in a very fitting place at Central Station, one of the main hubs of the city. He'd like to also thank Peter Elkin and staff from... Uh, Brody uh, Jackson Cantor and to George ha- George Harrison's sons Mike, uh, David and Paul from Merseyside Castings who made the plaque and he mentions Dan Kay at the Echo as well who everyone knows has been a huge help to lots and lots of different people uh, but especially Anne Williams and her family um, for many many years so the plaque will be unveiled on the 26th of November at 2pm by two survivors and good friends and supporters of Anne it'll be by Steve Hart and Tony O'Keefe anyone who wants to come along they make it clear they are more than welcome uh, and I was privileged to read that out for Danny and he says it all on behalf of the very proud family of the late Anne Williams. As part of that, in there he mentions uh, he mentions the Hillsborough Law. Uh, it's something that we've talked about on this show before, and there's now a just giving page fundraising for the Hillsborough Law campaign for inquest because the law needs to change uh, and be passed before the Grenfell inquiry. Uh, you can find that page. It is on Jackson. It, sorry, it is on JustGiving.com uh, forward slash fundraising forward slash Brody Jackson Cancer. You can see all of that there, and if you search it, and it'll also be across our Twitter. Uh, so thank you very much to everyone who sent that in, and please do take the time to look at the Hillsborough Law related material, and please do share our podcast on it as well, uh, which we think explains exactly what it is and why it's needed, and we may well revert to, uh, revert back on the subject in the near future. Um, okay, then this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. I'm Neil Atkinson. I've got John Gibbons, Dave Seagar. And Adam Smith in front of me, and this week, uh, Sam Maguire, a uh, friend of the show, wrote a piece uh, for This Is Anfield, also friends of the show. And it was a really interesting piece about the fact that we actors, Dave, after the and the manager acted almost more importantly and more interestingly after the West Ham game, as though the formation that Liverpool were playing was sort of just stumbled upon, um, and or that it was a decision that was made late on, and it was a defensive change, and etc., cetera, etc., cetera. 
it's are we buying that the idea that it was only worked on for a couple of weeks because Sam in his piece he argues quite coherently that we've actually been playing something quite close to it for the for the th- three four five games before the three especially are we buying it are we buying Klopp or do we think that this is maybe part of a bigger plan I don't know Klopp seems to be crying wolf quite a lot at the moment uh, in terms of the like with the the Mane thing as well he seems to be saying things in press conferences and not caring that he's quite openly lying about it um so po- quite possibly um he is in this case as well i don't i don't think i mean i think a manager like jürgen klopp i don't think he stumbles over anything i think everything is meticulously planned i think he will have seen certain aspects of the team this season not working in the way it had done um and i see how certainly the west ham game if not the games earlier was a response to that and and him starting to change things around possibly to finally decide he needed to do something different with no Lalana in the team um, with the way the team had to play differently without having the, the trigger for the press And but to be honest when I'd seen the West Ham game I, I looked at that and thought wow he's doing something particularly different for this game and it wasn't until I'd, I'd read Sam's piece and looked back in, in particularly interesting on the on the, posi- the average positions each player had on the pitch I, it hadn't occurred to me that we'd sort of been doing similar in previous games but when you look at it like that we, we certainly were John yeah I mean look we can get too caught up in formations and I think that's what Jürgen Klopp would say if if he was here um, in that uh, I've seen it described as a, as a, as a 4 two, two, two. I've seen it described as a 4 two, three, one. and you know in terms of average positions and things like that with things we do but I'm with David in that it looked like we were doing something slightly different to, to, to what we have been and, and um, it felt like more of a midfield two to me rather, rather than uh, um, someone on their own um, it f- felt like more than that to me and it felt like what we were doing with, with, with Salah had been diff- in particular um, and also I guess Oxley chamberlain it was, it was kind of different to, to what we've been asking them to do f- so far this season um, what I'm more interested in really is that I'm kind of, kind of sceptical over its results in that, well, look, I mean, the, the, the most obvious result was a good one because Liverpool won and won comfortably, but I, I've seen a lot of, and it's mostly from the people who wanted us to change formation. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people say, oh, look, well, this is sorted all out. Hopefully we'll keep going with this. We'll be much better. I'm not sure we were, really. I think a lot of our attacking play was actually quite poor in the game. I think, look, we scored from one of their corners and one of ours and went 2-0 up again. And so I think, although I'm not kind of dismissing it, and I think we looked a little bit more solid, but then also West Ham had a decent chance to go 1-0 up at 0-0. So I think, look, you can, you can use kind of evidence how you like to, to prove theories that you had before the game and I'm not I'm not seeing this you know this this change even if it was the, a bigger change that, 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 that Sam's argued very well that it wasn't but even if it even if it was changed I'm not I'm not seeing you know enough examples to go well, well this is definitely the way forward for Liverpool it's whether or not it's it's the way forward Adam or whether or not it's, he's going to look at it and use it as, a, as, as another option and that's that's one of the interesting things, but also maybe whether or not he's felt he needed to to, to help his centre midfield uh, out a little bit as well. That's the because as John says, you could quite clearly see there was two right next to each other, very very close together throughout the game. The average position chart showed the same thing that there was it was it was much more of a two than what we've seen at times this season. At least we saw some of it, I think, at the back yeah, of the last I season you, yeah. when he was playing Lucas and Chan together. But it was the most you've sort of seen when he's got a got a solid two in there. Yes, I agree with that, and. I- Look, I think that the funny thing is that formations are always great or terrible depending on the result of the match. And we might have had the best formation anyone's ever seen when we went to play Spurs, but Lovren and Mignolet lost their heads and we were 2-0 down before kickoff. So, it, you know, it sort of makes it completely irrelevant. And the obviously, 
formations matter, they are important. But Sam also mentions in the piece about the fact that a lot of Liverpool's work is done off the ball. So, you know, average touches and where the players are, are putting themselves and things. I, I just, I don't know. I just think it's very tricky. I, I, I spoke to you, I think, um, after the, I think it was after the Huddersfield game and I was a bit a bit disheartened by it because actually in the wake of the of the Tottenham game I thought Klopp had a chance to do sweeping changes and make a big call on the goalkeeper and make a big call on the defense and things and and he didn't and I I, I said to you I was a bit you know downhearted by that because I agree with John I don't know how much we've learned from what we've seen over the last few games because you've got to remember we've also been playing teams that are generally bobbins so uh, you know it's 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 I just I'm skeptical of how much this this changes but that said I thought I wanted Klopp to make sweeping changes and he might say well I did I just did it to the formation and not the playing staff and that you know that's what's moving forward you know you want more protection of the defense Dejan Lovren's a player who played at his best at Southampton when he had defense uh, uh, um, protection in front of him well I'm you know now I'm giving that defense a bit more protection with those two midfielders so you know it, it'll be interesting to see how we go moving forward the one thing that's in my head with it Sam is that it's a little bit closer towards towards the Dortmund side uh, towards his Dortmund sides that you know they 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 played something that you could sort of describe a little bit like this at times it's, and quite significant often enough to drop that in there and that the other thing uh, that it does is it, it, it sort of changes how you sort of classify players or think about players but first and foremost it is quite reminiscent isn't it of his classic Dortmund sort of side and setup. It's closer. It's. I mean, when he was at Dortmund, that, that's that's the interesting thing about what he's done at Liverpool as opposed to what he did at Dortmund was. When he was in Germany, he was almost almost exclusively played a four-two-three-one, but he always very much played with two holding well, holding midfielders, but midfielders who, in the same way that that Chan and Wijnaldum yeah. played against West Ham, he's not really done that at Liverpool for the main part. He's he, he had it a bit in his first season, but last season he was almost exclusively with Henderson or or Chan as one at the back, and then the other two midfielders were given license to go forward. And it's interesting, given that obviously we've had issues with the defence in that time, that he never. He didn't go back to, or hasn't gone back to that way until recently. Of uh, thinking, well, that might help the defence out if I do go back to having two two holding midfielders. But it's yeah, the way the way it's looking, and if if West Ham the West Ham game is anything to go by in terms of his ideas going forward with the team, it does certainly look like he's perhaps reverting back to that way a bit more. Um, certainly in terms of having his uh, trusting his attackers to do the attacking, his defenders to do the defending his fullbacks to do a bit of both and his midfielders to do perhaps a bit more defending than attacking. In this, I mean, all the way through the season, John, I think it's been interesting, Mane and Salah, uh, in that we've, we've talked a lot like Mane and Salah are sort of interchangeable. We'll always have one of them on the pitch, etc., etc. We'll always have that pace. But this season, when you actually think about how Mane's been used, he's been used more in the position that Coutinho was playing last season when it was a 4-3-3, which was a bit more attacking midfielder-y than a forward. Salah's quite clearly a forward and that's how he's being used. Whereas Mane... It does. We've sort of talked like Salah and Mane might be interchangeable, certainly when we get a run of games. But it might well be proved that sort of Coutinho and Mane are interchangeable, and maybe Salah and Sturridge are interchangeable. And he's always going to find a place for Firmino. Maybe yeah. Look, he's got he's got a wealth of options now, and whichever one I pick doesn't doesn't seem to have a place for Oxley Chamberlain, which is kind of harsh because he's looked kind of so improved. He's got a wealth of options. I think. I think we're more likely to start seeing midfield Coutinho now, and I think that kind of affects how the rest of the midfield looks. I think 
Coutinho's been playing more in the front three, but I think that's been more because of circumstance than it has been for design. It was interesting hearing the Brazil manager talking about how he'd like to see him, you know, in the field more for Liverpool. But if, if, you know, if he's gonna, if he's going to do there for Brazil, I think Phil probably has a little bit of a say about about where he plays as well, which I'm not necessarily against. Um, I'm just talking, and so um, and so I think. I think I think we're going to start seeing Coutinho more deeper now. Now he's now he's got more of his more of his um you know his his first choice from from free available, and I think you you might start to see the, the role that Manny's doing change. But Manny's a really intelligent player, and I think that's something that's maybe overlooked because we very don't much, very much so because I don't think we are so I think we either decide people are quick or they're clever, and they can't be both. I thought that the interview that Manny did with Melissa Reddy was fantastic, um, and. Um, she's done three really good interviews. She's been busy. She's flying on her holidays. Just sat off in Cape Town, smashing the content. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so she's yeah, she, the, the, the Mane one. Sorry, I got distracted there. Um, thinking about Cape Town, how lovely it is. Um, <laughs> the Mane one. She she he talks about how he's how he's he's always thinking like kind of two steps ahead. So before he's even got the ball, he, he knows kind of what he wants to do with it. And that's interesting because you think of him as quite an instinctive player and you think of kind of wide forwards, they'll, they'll run at them and then they'll see a gap and things like that. But, you know, he's almost kind of, you know, if you think about the first goal he ever scored for us for Arsenal, he's always saying, well, I, I knew what I was going to do even before I kind of got there. And, and, and I think he is smart. And I think he picks up pockets of space well and I think he knows where he's going to be in the pitch. So I think we can do what we want with Mane really, which is a nice place to have because we got a few players like that the, we have got a few players like that and then there's the other sort of the, the lads who can fill in in terms of what it is that you want to do there's uh, you know Firmino is sort of the constant in that he'll flit around Adam but also the players who come in and out like like Oxley Chamberlain and all of that sort of stuff and that sort of throws into into focus this weekend's game against Southampton I mean you know we could just after all this revert to 4-3-3 and we all looked daft but there is there is a thing here where, for instance, we started the show talking about all the lads who've been around during the international break, and that you know, one of those is Oxley Chamberlain, another one is Milner, uh, another one is Sturridge. Yeah, for all we've just we we haven't barely mentioned them during this show, and yet you can more than imagine that they find at least two of those three find a way to end up being in the starting eleven against Southampton. And I hope they do because I I think that the funny thing Klopp's got to do right now is he's got to. He's got to pick a team and he's got to decide whether he's picking a team for Southampton so far this season or the Southampton uh, idea that he's come up against as a manager and not got a league win against so far. Because they, they've they sort of had his number when Puel was the manager, but now it's he's not there anymore and they've not had a very good start to the season. They've only scored nine, they've conceded 11, they've lost four. It's you know They're not in a particularly great place and we've got a Champions League game on the the Tuesday night where away from home oh you know yeah away from home where a win means we qualify from the group stages and a, does it mean we qualify I think it means yeah, we qual- yeah, qualify yeah, top yeah. as well don't we I think if we if we win it and that also means that you can then look ahead to the likes of the Brighton and Everton games that are sandwiched between the the Spartak final game of the season and uh, final game of the season final game of the group stage and say you know well I could go big against Brighton big against Everton and you know rest against it so if he's if he's weighing that up he always plays the card of you know well we only look at the game in front of us but you know you, you, you don't that's not true and I think I would like to see for example Robertson I would like to see I'm not saying you know go the weakest side possible but yeah he's been working with Sturridge all for the last weekend Sturridge has scored two 
two on the bounce. He's been working with uh, James Milner as much as I don't particularly like seeing Milner play in the midfield. You know, Klopp obviously trusts him, and he's been working with him. So I'd like to see them so that he can keep the you know the faster players, especially the ones like Mane, who's not totally over his injury yet, and and the likes of uh, Firmino and continue who've had to play Scrabble on the train back from London. Give them a bit of a rest and let them come in again. You know, for the for the big Champions League game when they're right up for it. I would say Firmino's Scrabble game is wild, um, Dave. That is that, that. This is back to you know. The, the, I'd say what we sort of started the show talking about, and that's why it's interesting that you sort of pull everything together. That it does make it you know it, it it's a complicated complicated sort of question as to what 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 you do do because you do have this severe game that does you know there's not that much time. It's you know it's a Saturday Wednesday, Saturday Tuesday. It's not even the Wednesday. You've got to get out there. You've got to train out there. We may be slightly surprised by the Liverpool side, mightn't we? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, as, as Adam said, I think this is a. An ideal time to to go with people like Robertson and uh, who, who's getting noticeably annoyed. I think at this point that he's uh, he's not getting that much, that much game time. But him and and Sturridge and Milner and and others who, if Klopp has any thoughts of well, I need to get these guys game time to even just get them up to speed uh, because I don't want to have to sort of play if I'm start off this run with a strong team throughout. Uh, the first few games and then all of a sudden whether it's injuries or necessity for rotation play these players who haven't had much game time they're going to be pretty stiff because they've not played for so long so he needs to give them give them games at the right time and Sevilla away is they're not it's not the the best Sevilla side of recent years but it's certainly still a useful one and it's going to be a tough game over there and as you say the whole the travelling the training that I think it's it's an ideal time to refresh it up a bit. I'm going to ask you to pick me what you think the side will be each of you in uh, in a minute or two. Before then, let's talk about the nature of the game. Uh, we didn't score against them in four time, four games last year, John, yeah. and it's mad that we're their derby. Uh, but we've got to sort of cop for the fact that we are their derby because that's however, however strange we might think it is, that's their reality. Yeah, I mean it. I mean I don't know how bothered the players are really, and and you know the managers changed, and yeah, I think. Well, I mean, there was obviously the League Cup semi semi-finals, and then we there was a league game like almost around the same time as well, at least one of them. And I think it was just a time where we weren't playing very well. So, look, the, the fans don't like us, and I understand why. I think for the players, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I just, I just, I just can't imagine like you know Charlie Austin's walking around hating the Reds. Do you know what I mean? I don't think he even plays. I, mean, I haven't picked the best, the best example. The, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. They're struggling a bit. They're having not having a good season. Romeo isn't isn't having the year he did last last year. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I I think it's one where you you just try and get on top of them early because the, the you know they, they don't look like they've got goals in them. They don't look like they're brilliant at keeping them out either. And and they're just not in a kind of fantastic place at the moment really. And so you just I think you just look to go at them from the off and then maybe worry you know worry about Seville if you, if you can if you can take a couple of players off then then fine. I think we're in a really nice position going into this game. I wouldn't I wouldn't personally be thinking about rotating just yet. Um. Manager says Lalana is set to be on the bench. Henderson fit to play. Manager says that he said things before the West Ham game. Uh, he said on Sadio, uh, "We'll have to wait. We'll see today." Um, are you, are you, Dave, are you somewhere bet- maybe between Adam and John on this? Adam, John saying he would like to sort of think, you know, you just go strong in this one, get the win, uh, and then you worry as you go. Or would you be erring more towards Adam? What I'm trying to ask here is, what sort of what side do you think it will be? I think it would it would fall somewhere in between because, of course, the risk is if he does play too much of a different team and it doesn't go well you're starting off this important run of games with not just a bad result but negative stories around you saying he's needlessly rotated cost his team points blah 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 if 
if uh, the result isn't uh, isn't a win. But I think, I mean, the back the back five. You'd imagine Mignolet's obviously going to start if Karras is playing in in Seville. Uh, I'm undecided at right back to be honest. With I mean, Gomez obviously has had such a wonderful time of it, but he's played two games in a week, and Trent needs game time as well. And you would imagine Gomez is going to play in Seville, so I'd probably go with Trent to be honest tomorrow. Uh, Matip and you would think Clavin. Uh, Lino Lovren is probably probably considered to be back okay to play given he's played for Croatia this week and it's possibly been long enough since uh, the Tottenham game to allow him back in but Clavin's done nothing wrong in his game so you would think he's a Southampton factor as well oh yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. if he was was playing anyone else I'd I'd look to bring Lovren in and try and kind of use the positivity of of his experiences of Croatia because they qualified in that right they did yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so um, but, but I just think you know Maybe leave it, leave this one, and then and then make a decision for Chelsea. I would say, yeah, and possibly play Lovren in Seville because it's obviously it's it's miles away from Liverpool, um, so he can he can sort of quietly come back into the team uh, in an important game, but in maybe not such a hostile environment as his own home stadium. What are you expecting from midfield? Uh, with Henderson, it sounds like he's going to start. Um, of course, it depend depends on what formation he's going to play, I suppose. But assuming he goes with with three midfielders, Henderson. Probably Wijnaldum on the basis that it's a home game, and so he might score. Um, and Coutinho, and then the the front three, I would think of uh, Salah, Mane, and, and Firmino, assuming uh, Mane is is fit. Would you be throwing a storage in? Anyone throwing a storage into this? I would. Yeah, I'd I'd throw. A, I, I I think I just play not you know not not a weak side obviously, but you know John was saying before quite rightly that you could kind of put out any version of the side and you be reasonably confident of a win. And I, I totally understand why John would think to go strong because we've just come back off the international break. But you're going to want to go strong in Seville and then we're going to go strong because it's Chelsea the next game. And then all of a sudden you've got all your best players have played three in a row and you're looking at a Christmas schedule, which is hectic. So I, I think, you know, I actually agree with what Dave was saying, that you, you kind of need to give these players a, a little bit of a run to get a bit of a rhythm up. So the likes of Roberts and the likes of Sturridge, the likes of Oxo-Chamberlain, just give them some time to, to just to be more, get, especially Oxo-Chamberlain, to just get more used to the idea of playing in a Klopp team. So that's why, that's why I would be... Slightly concerned if we have what what you would say on paper is our strongest eleven out on Saturday, and I wouldn't be surprised if the players that are rested are perhaps the ones that he can kind of point to the injury in inverted commas. Mane, you know, I, I don't think it was true. I think it's just that that was yeah, the excuse they came up with to get him, you know, to, to, to for them to save face and send him home early. But you'd say, well, and we, we made a great statement Mane. about how Senegal's the best place in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So great you, gang of lads. You rest, you know, you rest Mane because he's got an injury. You rest Henderson because he's just back from his injury. All of those sorts of players but also the alternatives are good Oxley Chamberlain Milner fine um, John you've, 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 you've heard the discussion on this I one I have yeah I'm torn they both make <laughs> terrific arguments and I was also on my own which are always great as well yeah I know I've t- I see what Adam's saying because like I want to pick you want to, to see the best lads because yeah. we're, we're all going to the game tomorrow. We're going to have a pint. There's, there's that, and we're doing a live show afterwards, and that's going to be tough if it's nil nil, <laughs> uh, and so and and stuff like that. But you know, I am I am just keep going to keep wanting to pick the same lads, and and, and I haven't got a, only as far as Chelsea there, and I'm thinking about Stoke on a Wednesday night, and thinking, well, you know, I mean, is 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 that a place for for, for Sturridge Robertson? It's probably not, and so there will come a point, but. 
I think on this one, I think I think we just we just feel like we're quite fresh at the moment. I think, and it, it feels like a, a nice pace. I'd like to see us go down there with as close to the kind of A team as possible, and and just start off this run on a real positive. Uh, pick pick me. Uh, sorry, give me a prediction, Adam. Two 0 Dave. Three one the Reds. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much to Heather for coming in, uh, to John, to Dave and to Adam. This has been the Anfield Wrap this week. Uh, Cut loose. Come on, Liverpool. Just do the business. As John says, we've got a live show to do, for God's sake. (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network.